I'm Pei Chen filling in for Jeff today. We all know about the power of food and what a fundamental skill it is to know how to cook, uh, how to feed yourself, how to feed others. Uh, but one chef is taking that to a whole new level, a uh, different heights in terms of teaching life skills to last a lifetime. On the line, I have Pam Fanjoy. Uh, Pam, so great to have you on the line. You're the founder and executive director of Fanjoy Cooking Up Change. And you have quite the background. You're a clinical social worker and child, adolescent and family therapist and an award-winning chef. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Pay. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Now, you are the uh, owner of Fanjoy Culinary and Wellness Center. You've just moved to your new location in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, what is the Culinary and Wellness Center? So our Culinary and Wellness Center really brings together the best of my two passions, where I've whisked up some recipes and programs that help youth and families learn life skills while they're also taking care of their physical health using healthy food and learning about food education. Now, how do, um, how do kids get involved? So we run a Fanjoy Junior Chef program that works with youth from the age of 12 to 24 uh, that are dealing with all sorts of different um, problems. They may be having difficulty at school, they may be being bullied or having mental health issues like anxiety and depression. All they have to do to get involved in any of our cooking programs is register right online at fanjoycenter.com, or they can give us a call and find out which program is best for them. But is there a cost associated, Pam? Yes, there is. And that's why we ended up creating the not-for-profit Fanjoy Cooking Up Change, um, which we've now launched in the last two months. So we're really excited now to be able to use our not-for-profit organization to provide Fanjoy bursaries for youth who may need some financial assistance. And I'm going to guess that most of the participants are clearly within the Guelph area, so it's accessible to them. Absolutely. We started out in Hillsburg, uh, which is about 30 minutes on the other side of Guelph, just west of Brampton, about 45 minutes outside of Toronto. That was our original location and where I had my restaurant. Uh, we, during the pandemic, I transformed that restaurant into our Hillsburg Culinary Studio, and our new center is now in Guelph. So we have two locations operating. We really get families from all over. We've had families coming from as far as London and Kitchener, and as far as Whitby on the other side of Toronto. So if you can reach us and uh, arrange transportation, you can come to the program. So we're offered during the week and on the weekends to make it more accessible for everyone. Um, Pam, and it does seem like, you know, especially with your uh, your background as a social worker and as a family therapist, uh, that you are targeting and you're, you're trying to um, bring in young people who are struggling in, in some way. For sure. What we noticed was that because of my social work background, I was able to whisk in a lot of therapeutic strategies in the kitchen. And as we cook with these youth, we're also providing uh, counseling to them where we really focus on what we call the three C's, cooperation, collaboration, and communication. 
These are skills that are so important for every young person and young adult to learn, but especially during the pandemic and when everyone was isolated, not in school, it became increasingly difficult for kids to, to make connections and to be able to learn these life skills in their everyday lives. So we're doing it in the kitchen and it's wonderful for kids, particularly if they don't want to be going into a traditional therapy kind of setting to talk to a therapist in an office. Now, what are some of the um, the changes that you've noticed in the kids that you've had through through the program? So many of the kids that we've had in the program, especially in the last two years, have been dealing with anxiety, depression, or have autism. And the changes that we've noticed are particularly around the development of their social skills. Um, they're able to learn the rules in the kitchen about how to be clear in your communication, how to focus, and how to solve everyday problems in practical stage steps. And we teach them how to solve problems in a very concrete way. And then they're able to apply that at home, at school, and when they're out in the community with other friends. I can only imagine that um, the kids, because there's quite an age range. So I believe it's like 15 to 29 and, you know, 29, I should not re- shouldn't refer to as a kid. Right, for sure. And we divide the groups uh, based on age and also based on what they're looking for. So, for example, our fundamentals cooking program is from 13 to 16 and then 16 to 22. And that's an eight-week course where for two hours a week they come in and they learn the fundamentals of cooking. Anyone can come to that. They don't have to be experiencing particular mental health issues. And then we have another program that is called the Culinary Classics and and Life Skills Program. Those programs are also divided by age so that we're really working with youth at their pace and at their level of learning. The Life Skills Program uh, is specifically targeted towards youth who are either struggling with mental health issues or experiencing um, diagnosed problems like autism. Now, have you had um, any participants, and I'm going to guess, I'm going to suggest perhaps on the older side, who have decided to pursue um, cooking or hospitality? Absolutely. It's a huge part of our program for the older adolescents, actually. Two years ago, I introduced a four-week um training program for youth who were looking to get their first summer jobs. So we run those pre-employment programs in May and June, and those are specifically for training youth to get, you know, their first dishwasher job or their first busing job. What I've noticed is that there's an increasing gap in our social service systems where youth who have more severe issues or learning challenges, they're graduating high school Um, with quite a bit of difficulty. Many of them have not been attending school regularly. And when they get involved in our programs, we can engage them in a way that can teach them practical life skills that can lead to employment. And when they can get employment, that of course is going to increase the odds that they're going to be able to become more independent as young adults, live on their own or in a semi-independent living situation, perhaps with a roommate, um, and, and then of course they're going to be able to have an income, uh, which is also needed to be able to just purchase food mm-hmm. in order to have food on your table. 
Um, Pam, I'm curious though. Like, how did you transition from? Or I don't know which order it was. Were you uh, working as a social social worker and therapist first, and then you became a chef, or was it vice versa? No, it, it was it was the first way. I was a social worker first <laughs> for about 20 years, and then I decided that I needed a hobby outside of my day job, and I didn't know how to cook at all. So I decided to go to cooking school and it uh, ignited another passion. And within three years, I had graduated culinary school. I went off to France to do my uh, four, four month stage and experience farm to table cooking uh, up close. And then when I got back, I decided that I needed to actually have my own cooking facility because I was doing fully prepared meals. And that was what began the culinary journey. And it just hasn't stopped since. <laughs> well, it's quite impressive what you've been able, like you've been able to basically marry all of your previous careers into one. It is the best. It is absolutely the most fulfilling when you can take your passions, um, mine being culinary and helping youth and families figure out creative, innovative ways to solve problems. Uh, it is amazing. And that our new not-for-profit uh, is really going to be able to make the original FanJoy Junior Chef programs accessible to so many more um, youth and young adults. Now, how many students um, can you take in at one time? We intentionally keep the classes small so that we can offer hands-on, one-on-one support to the youth. So uh, we keep them six to eight uh, youth per class, and they are run generally with a social worker and a cook together. So it's a one-to-four ratio, and that allows us if a child gets for example, frustrated making a recipe, to actually intervene right at the moment when they're feeling that frustration and want to give up and to help them work through the emotions that they're having in that moment so that they can learn how to stick with a difficult task and experience success. Um, Pam, what you're doing is fantastic. I wish you all the luck and uh, and congratulations on your new facility. If people want to find out more, it is the website is fanjoycookingupchange.com. You can find out more there. I'm Paige Chen, and you're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.